You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, all cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? It's Super Bowl Sunday, Josh. It's a it's a national holiday. It, is it an international sure. holiday? Enough people around the world do watch yeah. the, the Super we Bowl. We should get Monday off. I, I think <laughs> it's gotten to the point where we really should just get Monday off. I guess it's too much of an endorsement of, of the NFL. But <laughs> I need, <laughs> I need lots of days off after this weekend. It was a bit of a roller coaster of a game week. Yeah. And then we're, we're yes. often off balance. In podcasts like this, where the game week is not fully over, now we've had some, yeah. we've we've had a rocky road, both our squads in game week twenty three, yep. but I still have six so. players left to go with Triple City and Triple Arsenal. So uh, the, the the sort of sour story that I'm painting for my squad is it's it, it could turn the opposite of sour sweet. It could become sweet. How are, are you feeling, yeah. sweet or sour, Josh? I'm feeling I, well. Sometimes it's like, you know, the it depends on when the good thing happens for your team, right? So yesterday, you and I met up. We went to Smithfield Hall, which is kind of my new... I, I really do like watching watching games there. I, I, I would never willingly come to Manhattan, Brandon, to watch a match. But if, if forced by, by gunpoint or a friend in town, uh, I, will, I will go to Manhattan. And, you know, there's, there's a couple, there's a couple um, great places to watch games there. But this, is the, this has kind of become our new go-to, very easy to get. And uh, our, our friend Dave Wagner-Lodo was there. Our, our new friend uh, Aaron was there as well. Yeah, great guy. And, yeah, and I went 0 for 7 on Saturday. So we get there, and every single player blanks. Uh, start to start of the day to end of the day. I, I, I know I'm not alone in that, but it was uh, you feel alone when those things are happening, Brandon. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this is just really, you know, I, I, I finally cracked the top 10K. And I was like, the, you know, I'm just like, I'm kind of like, you know, this is a catastrophic. Uh, and then the next morning, uh, I, Man United, I wake up, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's no... Uh, the um, the butcher from Amsterdam uh, has been rested, and uh, Varane has been rested as well. That's what they call uh, Martinez. I had no yeah. idea. The butcher of Amsterdam. What a great yeah, nickname. Yeah, because he played so, at Ajax, not because yeah. he's Dutch. Yeah, the butcher. Yeah, he's the butcher from Amps, whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, Martinez is arrested. And then, then McGuire comes in and McGuire really. It was so. I mean, it's just funny the way the announcers carry water for the England national team, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like he, he does this. He makes this colossal mistake and they really should have scored on it in like the 37th minute. And they're like, he was very good until the mistake. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're like a center back. Like you only have like three times a match where you're really forced to do something, you know, big. Um, and so, I, I mean, I don't know, whatever it was, it, it was just kind of a, I was really stressing out about that. And then, um, uh, I thought, I thought Shaw might actually get subbed, uh, cause he was playing as a center back and then he played left back, uh, gets the assist and three bonus points. And so he salvages a, he turns a really terrible week into a only kind of terrible week. And so I, I've gone from, uh, 77k to 12.8. So I've dropped 5,000 spots. And, you know, if you, if you removed the, the 10k part of it, right, which is just like that milestone we're all, we all kind of shoot for it, it really wouldn't feel like much at all. And so it's just, you know, and I've got five players to go on Wednesday. You've got six. Um, I think you're in the same number of points as me, right? You're on 41 points. I am on 41. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's a miracle in some respects that I'm on 41 because I did put Shaw on my bench first position. And with the kanji coming in for a one-pointer, he was always going to come in at some point during this double game week. Uh, but yeah. Shaw is now, he's trapped 
on my bench. You didn't. Thought, you didn't even let yourself believe for a second. There's that moment of conjuring no. comes and you're like, maybe, maybe he's injured. Maybe he'll, you know. Well, certainly, I, I'm open to various. Uh, when 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 the door is closed, a window is opened, and uh, now I I'm forced to jump out of it. I guess is the is the way that goes. But um, that was disappointing, and my rank tumbled from I got as high as like 22k on Saturday after the Saka assist. And the Andreas Pereira assist, and now I'm knocked down to around forty nine thousand, um, okay. which which should be uh, improved uh, with with yeah. the, the Arsenal City game to come. I mean, I've kind of yeah. like hedged uh, to hedged to a pretty big degree with that match because I've got both Arsenal and City defense. So any clean sheet comes in, as yeah. some people would think it's going to be a really cagey affair. A nil nil wouldn't be hugely disappointing. I would think that a nil-nil would be your best outcome, given the relative ownerships of all the various players. I think that Akanji's ownership is low enough, assuming he starts, and and Saliba's as well, that that would probably be your best. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, getting a bunch of, you know, corner kick goals from from those guys would be the, you know, but in terms of kind of realistic outcomes, I think I think nil-nil is, yeah. is makes sense. I Yeah, I mean, I, I hung around with Martinelli, just... Uh, really frustrating. He had a better match. I thought he played okay, and but then Trosser comes on and scores, and now I have to uh, strongly suspect that Trossard will be um, starting uh, in the in the in the the title clash on Maybe. Wednesday, and that's just. Maybe. And you know if, if that happens, then then that's fine. I mean, Trossard's not going to play the full ninety, and and you know Martinelli won't get subbed in. So we'll see. And and like you just said, I mean the the range of outcomes for that match on Wednesday are all over the place. I think that it's. Um, you know, I think a nil-nil, 2-2, two, 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 whatever. Like, it feels like I, I could see a lot of different things happening in that one. We'll see how cagey they They've already kind of played the cagey match. You know, they played the 1-0 FA Cup match. So I want to see a different a different kind of uh, game. I, I mean, I think Arsenal will – was it – I think it was when they played Man United. It was either Man United or Spurs uh, a, a few weeks ago. And that was a match that I thought could be cagey. And then Arsenal were just like, we're going to – we're going to come at you all guns firing right at the start of the match and just mm-hmm. kind of blitz them. And that it worked. And so I think that we might see, I, I think it was the, um, was the man United match. So I think that they will, um, you know, really, uh, really go all out. And, um, and based on what we've seen from man city, I mean, their defense has been rotating so much, but, uh, I, I, you'd expect Arsenal to score in that match. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, Poor Ederson. It's a rotating gang of twelve to thirteen defenders. All it's really, you know, it's really chaos. makes no sense to me. <laughs> I, I guess like you could, you could go through Pep's thoughts and be like, well, this guy's left footed and that guy's right footed. This guy presses yeah. well. And this guy, I don't know, inverts all right. But it's yeah. It, as, Diaz I, was I, so I, bad <laughs> in the first half that he got subbed. I didn't. I didn't I, did you watch that first half and think, man? Diaz must get off the pitch right now. He made that was a couple like, of good thought. challenges. Maybe you <laughs> yeah. know he was present yeah. on set pieces. It's like no, Diaz yeah. is fine. Yeah, um, it's, it's hard to tell. It's like, we have <laughs> yeah. so little evidence to go on with Laporte and Diaz this season. It's weird, and yeah. it's not like I mean I'm, I don't know. I I think that uh, at at City with so many top tier players, they're making these moves probably based on heart monitors under their kits. And numbers that yeah. the the bean counters are coming up with, us us I think plebeians Pep's, with our eye tests. I'm not sure that we know what we're doing. I think Pep's Pep's having a, a rough a rough stretch right now. He's not. Uh, we're not seeing the best version of him. I mean, he the, he was going at Gerard a little bit, uh, the, the, making fun of the Gerard slip, and I'm like, dude, just. You gotta ease up for a week or so. Let's let's you know, kind of let's the let's the veil slip on the Abu Dhabi ownership stuff. It's like, come on, you gotta. Let's, let's let's just chill out for for a minute here, talking about the past. And now here here is the thing. Here is the thing that I think people don't understand when they talk about like what wealth buys, right? What wealth buys? It's like you're not buying robotic players who are just you know highly rated and 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 will just plug a hole for you and give you all this depth. What you're buying are players who are so good because they're so they're, they're, they they have so much fire and and that extends to the manager as well like the, the so of course this is like this is what you'd expect from Pep like it, it, like this is what they this is what every club wants right is like someone who's like this even though Pep's kind of losing it this year but he's won the tons of titles what is he won three titles at Man City already like it's you know he hasn't won the the Champions League yet but it's 
I don't know. It's like, so well, what is what's, my point what's, here? What's I don't know, the difference the, like, between yeah. Pep's fire and, say, Nathan Jones's fire? Uh, he's quite passionate. Well, Pep's successful. Pep. Pep's successful. I mean, I, I, it's like Pep, Pep like loses one game and we all come down on him. But it, clearly his, his record speaks for itself. And maybe you'd want a couple more Champions League wins in there. But he's, he's clearly a, a, a brilliant manager. And I, I, I mean, I, you know, the fact that he, you know, tactically is just um, doing some really crazy stuff right now, it's, it's sort of, um, I wouldn't say that, you know, typically it works, right? And uh, outside of not playing a defensive mid in the Champions League final. But that's, uh, that's, a, that's a discussion for a different kind of pod than a fantasy pod. Um, I, you know, I think Pep has some blind spots, Brandon, and so do we. Yes. And uh, I wanted to start off this pod talking a little bit about uh, FPL blind spots. And uh, the biggest one for me, and I think maybe this is one you share a little bit, maybe to a slightly lesser degree, uh, is Riyad Mahrez. I really struggled to bring Mahrez into my team. If I had simply moved Broda to Mahrez without taking a hit... I would be like in the top 5k right now. It was like a, it's a 14 point mistake that I that I made. I mean at least right now. We'll see what happens in the second leg. Um and I just I got a little bit of ton of vision about bringing KDB in this week. I just really um I felt like he'd been rested. I thought he would come and play with the fire. I actually thought he played quite well today, but uh someone was joking on on Twitter uh when I was talking about how I should have gone Mars and said that I bought a 12 billion Casemiro. And uh, unfortunately, it does. That does seem to be the case. Uh, he's not even taking shots anymore. I, I, I don't think Kevin De Bruyne has had a shot on on goal. And, and mm-hmm. you know, well, actually, I guess he had one last week when he came on as a sub. But he it feels like he's not even close to the box anymore. It's, yeah. it's all like deep lane playmaker stuff. So I, I do um, not think that yeah. he played well today, apart from a couple of key passes that he made. But He's a, a, a real shadow of his former self, and I yeah. think that could even it's be true if he did have a good match today. And uh, Mares, you know, there are managers who probably went Mares who because they couldn't afford to get De Bruyne, and it looks. Yeah. Uh, and, but there are managers who are clearly smarter than us who said, "Why? Maybe I have the money to yeah. get De Bruyne, but why would I get him when Mares yeah. is in form and he's that?" much cheaper so yeah that is uh, it's a blind spot and all the all the talk about which defender to get and everything around city is it's always uh, contaminated by this fear of rotation and i I, I guess what we're what we're seeing with maras is there's really no one to rotate in for him if pep is not going to play alvarez on the right which maybe just doesn't make sense you know if jack Grealish could shoot then De Bruyne would have had a good match today as well. I have to say, Grealish missed a couple golden chances. I mean, that volley is a difficult shot, but still, that's a that's a great chance. And then and then he played him through on the left one time too, and he he missed it. It was a difficult angle, but he still probably should have a better a better left winger. I shouldn't say better. I don't know more accurate uh, left winger. <sighs> but yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm not. I, yeah, so I, I, Mares I think has that spot locked up. Apparently, Foden is. Is now Mares's backup. I don't really understand. <laughs> and I, I feel like Foden never plays well on the right either. I feel like I, I can I can remember watching a match where like I saw like Foden put in like a just an awesome performance uh, on the right. But it's yeah, it does seem like it's kind of it's kind of Mares's spot to lose. And they have a nice run coming up. It's 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 kind of tricky because they have these um, the Champions League starts up again. They play it midweek and they play again on the weekend. And some of the matches they have coming up, in, you know, in the next couple of game weeks are really in theory, very rotatable matches, right? Forest and Bournemouth in the next two, um, especially. So um, I would be a little wary of bringing in Mars right now. But I, but anyway, I, I want to get back to just the, the actual blind spot part mm-hmm. of it. Because I think that there are times, I think in general, if you've been playing FPL for several years, uh, you learn, okay, I want to make this kind of, you know, there's a lot of strategy stuff that you, over time, how to play your chips, how to... Um, uh, manager transfers, how, you know, whatever, like you sort of find your, find your style and find your strategy. And, um, you know, there's certain things that we've all sort of learned, but I also think there are times when you, you've, you, when you've been playing for so long, you start to develop really strong opinions about, about particular players or squads. And it becomes very hard to undo those opinions. And, you know, it's like, because if I was just playing fantasy for the first time this year, 
Mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, there's this guy who starts on the right <laughs> for Man City, and he plays in every match, mm-hmm. and all he seems to do is score an assist, and he's also like one of the cheapest guys you can get in the squad. <laughs> and like, why wouldn't I get them? And I'm and I, me, I'm like, well, you can see over the years, he's you know mm-hmm. he's frequently, uh, even when he plays well, he tends to not start for the next three matches, and you know it's like you can sort of like it's like I have to like look into the history books to explain <laughs> why I, I I can't bring in Riyad Mahrez, and it's it, it, so to me. It's it's, it's officially become like what I think is like a blind spot, you know, because it's not, I wouldn't say he's on the ban list. That That's a different <laughs> thing, right? Mm-hmm. Will, Will Zaha has earned the Josh Landon ban list. I brought him in so many times over the years, mm-hmm. only to have like a run of four blanks in a row that he, that he's earned that spot for me. But Maris is kind of a different one because he does deliver, but he just does it in this really inconsistent way, which makes it really hard to, to trust him. And, um, I guess I was just curious, do you, do you think that you have any blind spots of your own? Like, do you think that there's players, squads, I don't know, managers where you're just like, I just don't want any part of this. And you, maybe you miss out on points as a result of just being so, um, kind of stuck in the stuck. In yeah, the cer- certainly. I think Brentford is one of them. We saw Tony score what has now, uh, been made plain an offside goal yeah. against Arsenal. Uh, but it's everyone from Brentford's uh, forwards, midfielders, defenders, and David Rea in goal, who's having an incredible yeah. season. And yeah. part of it is this season, I think, is being um, becoming known as one where it's very budget friendly. Yeah, uh, Maybe I'm aware of all of these teams that I'm not invested in in a fantasy sense, but I just feel like I, maybe I don't need them because I'm getting other players at the same price from better teams. See Arsenal, see Brighton. Uh, and, yep. and that team like Brentford has to do even more to rise above and get become a part of that conversation. But like, there was a point when Brentford first came up from the championship, they annihilated Arsenal in game week one. And then they went through this lull in that first season where it looked like they'd never win another game. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, I just felt like, well, this is just a small club, a new stadium. Congratulations. Uh, And and Thomas Frank has really stood the test of time. I hope Marco Silva can do the same at Fulham, but he, he and the team at Brentford clearly know what they're doing and they just deliver very consistent results at a great fantasy price. So when am I going to get Ben Mee over Estupinon? When am I going to get Tony over Mitrovic or Tony over, I don't know, any, any name, name another sort of like mid, mid price forward. So a team like uh, a team like Brentford, and then I, I, you could say the same about Newcastle midfielders. It's like, okay, I see Newcastle midfielders doing well, but I don't see the ultimate need for them in my team. This season has been really hard for blind spots because you feel like you can cover your blind spots with similarly yeah. priced players who you believe you trust more. Yeah, I it's it's yeah it's it's been a weird season because you have been able to afford you've talked about this before Brendan you've been able to afford almost every player that you want this year mm-hmm. right especially as as Salah has become uh, well until maybe the next couple of weeks until maybe game week 25 has been sort of relevant it's freed up a lot of cash for yeah. <laughs> for some other moves and even Holland wasn't really that expensive uh, at the start of the season mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think maybe it, it has been a little easier to avoid those players that you just maybe don't want for some reason. I think there's another blind spot that I don't think you and I really have. Uh, and it's the, uh, cause I, I put the call out on Twitter and I was asking people, you know, who they have blind spots about. Some people agree with Marez. I, Ivan Tony, uh, who you mentioned a minute ago popped up. Luke Shaw popped up as well. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think there was a time where it felt like, man, you know, I just could not keep mm-hmm. a clean sheet. And I feel like Shaw sort of. I always had the temptation because it you always sort of felt like he would be able to have this run like he's has having right now really since the restart right where he's mm-hmm. just been um just yeah every every time he seems to throw a ball in there rashford puts his head on it and um but the other uh the other version of a couple people mentioned uh entire clubs like man United and liverpool and mm-hmm. i think that's a little different than a blind spot but it is a kind of um it's a blind spot in the sense that it's like an like you it's like like a blind spot you create uh, mm-hmm. because you're like I just I hate Man United I hate Liverpool I you know it's like Everton supporters or Manchester you know whatever Man City supporters and they just they just don't want um, those players and I would say I I don't really have any of that I I, I think as an American I uh, it's harder to get into some of those 
regional, like the, the Darby stuff, right? I, cause I, you know, growing up in Michigan, Brandon, you and I, we have Michigan and Michigan state, right? We have mm-hmm. these two big colleges, of massive enrollments an hour away from each other. And, you know, it's really, and you and I both went to Michigan state. It's really hard to, you know, if we lose to Michigan, it's, it's, it's so miserable. We, you know, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's so painful. We have so many people in our lives, you know, yeah. uh, will will post about it or, you know, they're just like, it's hard to avoid the commentary and it stings and it just makes me. And, and, and just watching everything. Michigan lose or uh, watching Michigan win. If we're not even playing against them to see yeah. them win, it, it could be, it's all equally it miserable. Hockey. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. And so, <laughs> yeah. you know, if there was, if there was college football fantasy, right, I, I probably mm-hmm. would avoid Michigan good players because I just find it so hard to root for them. And so I, I understand that mentality, but I think that it's, uh, it's, it's obvious. Well, obviously the whole, the whole club thing is is a problem, but I think, I think the individual player thing is really an issue too. And I think that the Mares thing, there was just no real logical reason for me to go KDB over Mares, uh, based on what we've seen the last few months, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I just couldn't get over that blind spot. And so I just thought it was worth bringing up. It's something to think about. Maybe as people are listening, maybe interrogate your own, your own blind spots and just, you know, think about whether you're missing some points. The KDB Mahrez thing, the way I looked at it was KDB might be out of form, but here is a player I can afford who has a pretty high ceiling. I'll bring him in. Um, This is not the right example for this point, but I think a blind spot that people can have is, well, I think that that team or that player is out of form. And as a sports fan, I can see that. And to then bring them into my fantasy team is maybe an admission that I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, De Bruyne is is not in good form. Why would I bring him into my fantasy team? Well, you would bring him in because even still, he's a good fantasy asset. Now, that that hasn't proved correct so far, but I think a lot of people can have a blind spot where they're like, well, I am a follower of the sport. I have eyes and I can see that they're not good. Why would I bring them in? And their blind spot is just the shrewd... Fantasy part of the fantasy yeah. game that that uh, goes also, against their better instincts. We also didn't know that Mars would steal the ball off uh, Holland and <laughs> and take the pen there. That was uh, Pep actually said after the after the match that he did not want that to happen. That he that Pe- Holland is the pen taker and that shouldn't have happened. Genuinely, so, don't understand how that could happen. <laughs> like Holland needs to. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe that was part of Holland's dead uh, leg, or this is now like. Pep's pissed that yeah. that Holland would let that happen. Like he, like he's bigger than anybody on that pitch. Yeah. How can he let anyone dictate what's happening in that situation? I don't know. Holland is 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 really not at his. He has not been at his best for for a, a solid month or so. I mean, he's, he's kind of anonymous in these. I guess he got an assist today, but, but you know, beautiful assist. Yeah, and that was. Yeah. I would. I feel like that would light a fire in Pep. Be like, I, he has been yeah. asking. Holland to unlock other aspects of his game and the way Holland created that yeah. space to make that cross was really great and yeah. uh, but disappointing. There were some that he triple caps in there. Yeah, but the, and there were a number of. I mean, Holland's uh, effective ownership was was over two hundred percent, right? And so if you if you, if you captain a player, mm. uh, you you have two hundred percent effective ownership, right? Because it means you you own them twice, basically. Mm-hmm. And if you triple captain them, you have three hundred percent because you mm-hmm. you own them three times that week, right? Because all their points are tripled. So um, his effective ownership was like two hundred and three percent or something like that this week, right? So there there were certainly a number like quite a number of people who did triple captain him this week and getting that assist and then having him subbed at halftime, that has to be, um, really painful. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he will be back for, for midweek. I think that's, that's, that's most likely uh, that it's just such an important match that I think we will see him. So, um, and, and just, you know, quickly looking ahead here, Brandon, um, I did want to just note, there are some double game week updates, uh, that have come since we, uh, dropped the last pod. Uh, I mean, actually, the Game Week 23, I don't think those are, I mean, excuse me, Game Week 25, I don't think those had been official uh, when we recorded last Sunday. So we have double Game Weeks in 25 and 27 as we continue to uh, 
to as the, as the Premier League continues to process uh, the Queen's passing and the um, the, the rescheduling that's been that, traumatic all season long. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna affect the entire Premier League season. Um, Arsenal have um, Leicester and Everton in game week twenty five. So Arsenal now have a double. So it became it's this unusual week where four teams don't play and four teams play twice. Uh, Everton play um, Villa and Arsenal. Liverpool play Palace and Wolves, and Wolves uh, play Fulham and Liverpool. So, um, just starting with game week twenty five, and talk about twenty seven in a second. I my feeling at the moment, Brandon, is I I'm going to be full avoidance mode for Fulham or for uh, for Wolves. I won't be at Fulham too, uh, but fully fully avoiding uh, Wolves. Liverpool is. Uh, I uh, let's see what happens in the uh, in the derby tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Everton. I brought in Tarkowski as one of my transfers this week, and so that's probably the only one player that I plan to have. And then Arsenal. It's actually interesting in my case because I still have Martinelli, and so I, there's a strong chance I just burn a transfer to um, to mm-hmm. change him into Saka because um, I am just very worried about how much you know how much he's actually going to start moving forward um uh, what about you how do you feel about these these doubles i don't i don't disagree with you on any count you know triple arsenal part part of my confidence going into 23 is like i've recalibrated to get probably the three best arsenal assets an arsenal defender i happen to have saliba i think you can sort of like exchange that for a a number of other guys Saka and odegaard Uh, so I'm covered for 25. I'm with you. If if you didn't already have Saka, that would become a priority because it just feels like yep. his the flywheel is spinning, as they say, with Saka, and he's going to continue uh-huh. to just become the biggest points getter for that team. And, and Martinelli will probably fall away. I have some feeling that Arteta will start Martinelli against City just because it is such a big game. He will want you know his first squad that has been drilled. Uh, so hard yeah. through the through the season, but but I, I you know Trossard has looked good coming in. Everton, uh, yeah, agreed. A, a defender, no attacking asset for Everton has really deigned to come to the fore. Yeah. Liverpool again, I'm, I agree with you in that. I just want to see more. It, it, yeah. Given what we just said about blind spots and and the trap that we fell in with Kevin De Bruyne versus Mares, if I could just get. A little bit more information on like is Liverpool really that bad? They they probably yeah. are in that bad of form at the moment. Then I want to be wary. Uh, the guy that's that seems to be picking up a bit of a bandwagon is is Darwin. <laughs> that that is just true wishful thinking ahead of game week twenty five. Salah yeah. might mean that we're just like the old guard and we are we want to go revisit the past with this guy mm-hmm. and, and and captain him in, in a double. With Wolves, yeah. I have one question yeah, for having, you. Having just gone through that with KDB, I'm like, yeah, oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is, yeah. is it just going to be deja vu? I have one question for Wolves because we were talking about our mutual ownership of one fullback Bueno for Wolverhampton, mm-hmm. who yep. can, is continually losing minutes to Eight Nori. Um, yep. Now, when the uh, when the the slate of fixtures began yesterday and Bueno wasn't started. We decided, well, Bueno's more or less a blank for game week 25 because he's lost his starting spot. Then he comes yep. in at halftime to shore right. up Wolves and they end up winning the game. Where are right. we on the Bueno heat check in the uh, meter? I, I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, think he's a key. I think it's probably. tough. <laughs> I think it's tough because they play and they play Bournemouth at home in 24. So. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to start him, but I will probably put him first bench. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a it's kind of a tough one. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that it's I, I Bueno is uh, at the very least. I if he starts in 24, then I'll start him in 25. And if I did that, actually, that would make things easier because then I could just hold on to Luke Shaw. One of the reasons I was planning to drop Luke Shaw was because I, I in my squad right now, I only have three players who don't play in game at 25. And Marcus Rashford, Luke Shaw, and um, uh, Trippier. And I, I, I really don't feel like dropping Trippier for obvious reasons. He's been t- absolutely terrific. Uh, just just because he's had this tiny little spell the last two weeks is, does not dissuade me you know, from him at all. And so if I did that, then I, if, if Bueno is a, is a starter again, then I can sort of focus on other moves for, mm-hmm. for 25. I don't have to worry about fielding. And maybe that's honestly for the best anyway. You can make an argument for just just having 10 defenders for, for these blank game weeks and that yeah. really burning four points to bring in, I mean, okay, you bring in a, a four points to bring in a Wolves defender or, or 
any of them really. I mean, maybe maybe Everton's okay if they if, if they can keep Villa out, but Villa are actually playing reasonably well from an attacking perspective. Um, but like you brought in a Wolves defender, they play away to Fulham, away to Liverpool. They're they're mm-hmm. probably conceding one or two goals in both those matches, so it doesn't feel hugely um, useful to, to to burn those transfers or the, even to burn transfer on them. These doubles happening in twenty five. Well, like like you said, a week ago, all we knew really was about the blanks in twenty five. How are we going to field a full eleven? What these doubles yeah. kind of offer you is a way, if you were only going to have 10 players to start, use one free transfer on a doubler, like, yeah. say, Tarkovsky, who's very cheap on Everton, and yeah. suddenly you have effectively 11 starting players because Tarkovsky would play twice. So it's kind of an out, and I, I yeah. wonder if the move in Game Week 25 is now not taking transfer hits because you can kind of get out more players than we initially thought through these doubles. Yeah. And I think I think there's going to be a number of people, whether they're ghost teams who aren't active managers anymore, who are not going to have full squads that you can just immediately leap over in overall rank, um, or, or some other more strategic active managers who just feel like it's not worth hitting Game Week yeah. 25 super hard. It's tricky because, the, the you know, 27 is another... I think both these game weeks are, are thankfully we already we must all have three Arsenal already because of the twenty three and so that makes things kind of easier and then it's sort of how many Everton Liverpool Wolves players do you want to gamble and we'll talk more about twenty five next week. They also announced another another series of double game weeks in twenty seven, uh, and I would say for four teams doubling this is about as bad as mm-hmm. <laughs> as a quadruple of yeah you, know, you have Palace who play Man City at home and Brighton away. Terrible fixtures. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. you know, I think given their, given their form, it's just like those are, neither one of those is very good. Um, Southampton just sacked your your favorite manager, Brandon, Nathan Jones. He's, he's came and gone in about, about six weeks. About <laughs> the worst hire that I've ever seen in Premier League history. <laughs> I mean, just he's up t- there with Bob chaos. Bradley at Swansea. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, that's. I always felt bad for Bradley for that one. Like that was, <laughs> yeah. he shouldn't have even been hired. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Southampton uh, away to Man United, home to Brentford. Not bad, but again, why would you have a Southampton player? Uh, just mm-hmm. given how they played, I mean, there's just you know they're 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 just they're just having a really rough season. Benarek with uh, one of the worst uh, or clumsiest own goals. So just to watch his OG in slow motion from against yeah. Wolves yesterday. It's really sad. You know, I haven't seen that. I need to, I need to go back and watch that. Uh, I, I was too focused. There were too many important uh, matches on. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't catch that one at the time. Um, and uh, Brighton, uh, they're, they're the ones that I guess will be, I mean, there's I guess a good, good chance for Matoma of all players. It was like no one, I, could you have named him like in November? I don't like, you know, but Matoma is suddenly going to have like 176% ownership in, in game week 27. Everyone's going to bring him in and captain him, I think. Yeah. I think Brighton have an incredible double here. Leeds Palace. And then Brentford yep. being the other one, both away matches, Everton and Southampton. You know, Everton, you know, who knows under Deich, their their defense yeah. will get better and better. But yeah. Ben Mee is going to be a huge bandwagon going to 27. So it's like a, yeah. it's a low-grade double, but I think it's one for, uh, it's, it's one to really go for after Brighton and Brentford blank in 25. I expect I'll be spending yeah. virtually all my transfers on Brighton and Brentford players. Yeah. And it really, yeah, same. And, uh, and then yeah, 28, which, which we, we can just briefly discuss right now because it's a little hard to say because of all the FA cup stuff. Um, that all, that, that those, the FA cup matches will be two weeks from Tuesday. So basically two weeks from Valentine's day. Um, happy, happy early Valentine's day to you, Brandon. And, uh, and to myself, honestly, uh, happy Valentine's to me. Thank you, Josh. I, I, uh, very, very, <laughs> he didn't say it, so I had to. I, had to I, was, I, I had my, myself, myself on mute. Um, There's a fire truck off in the distance, so I'm trying to make myself <laughs> scarce. But yes, th- thank you, thank you for bringing some romance to always cheating, and I, I return. Oh, you're I return quite, the wishes, welcome, Josh Brandon. And uh, yeah, so if you end up bringing in all these Brentford and Brighton players, uh, they all blank in, in 28. So in Liverpool as well. Uh, so. It's really going to, in Man City, have a good chance of blanking at 28 too. So the more and more I'm thinking that I, 28 may just be my free hit. Like, mm-hmm. just, I don't want to deal with 
it kind of depends. I, uh, again, I don't want to get too... The, 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 the real problem is that we have a Game Week 24 in front of us, and it's very tempting with all these doubles and blanks to spend all of our time kind of ignoring the the one in front of us and, and, and talking about this. But it, the the only the reason that I would maybe not free hit in 28 is, are there enough... Is there enough upside to free hitting, right? Like, if you're going to free yeah. hit, and all you're going to do is bring in a bunch of players who are most likely going to blank anyway or, or teams that aren't very explosive... It, you may just be better off just fielding seven players that week and, mm-hmm. and getting, uh, you know, make sure you and make sure you have like the most heavily captain player and then you're probably fine. Uh, but let's, we can save that discussion for, for a future pod. Um, Brennan, do you want to thank our newest Patreon supporters before we take a quick break here? I would love to Josh. Big thanks to our newest Patreon supporters, Lou Gutierrez, Alex, Alberto Prado, Robert Wolves, Axel Hammerback. What a name that is, Axel Hammerback, even with an umlaut over the A there. That's very strong. And uh, and another thanks to Aaron, who we met at Smithfield Hall, who has upgraded to a Volkswagen patron. What is a Volkswagen patron, you ask? Well, please do visit us at patreon.com slash cheating, where there are various levels of support depending on how much you care to give and what you want to get in return. Everybody who becomes a supporter of the pod uh, gets more FPL content in return, whether that's access to our new Discord chat forum where there's always activity happening, people raiding your fantasy teams. You can talk directly to me and Josh. Uh, you can talk about other stuff like movies and food, etc. It's very fun. We also do an extra podcast every Thursday for our Patreon mm-hmm. supporters. Uh, and uh, you get T-shirts and other cool swag at the higher levels like our friend Aaron. So visit us at patreon.com slash cheating. Josh, so shall we take a quick break here and come back yep. and focus on that game week that is in front of us, as you've mentioned, game week 24? Let's do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Brian, we're back. Game Week 24 kicks off this Saturday, and I have talked before about Game Week Classics, Brandon. This is mm-hmm. this is this is like an iconic Game Week Classic. This is like a Game Week One level classic, uh, where you have eight matches on Saturday. Early match, 
a, a meaty six fixtures all all at the what is our 10 a.m. window here on the mm-hmm. East Coast, uh, and then a final match, which is a real uh, doozy, I think, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle Liverpool. I'm re- really looking forward to that one. Is it a passing of the torch? I don't know, Brandon. I was we'll, thinking. We'll, we'll see. I I agree. I'm really looking forward to that. I was just thinking this morning. Like I have not seen a lot of Liverpool on TV this season. Yes. Mostly because I haven't since, had well, a ton the, of fantasy interest, but yeah. it's, they've just not really had these isolated fixtures like they'll have against Newcastle. I know. It does feel like since the restart that um, we, ha- I, the, I, I kind of feel the same way where we sort of, we all kind of gave up on Mo, and then, mm-hmm. and then after that happened, uh, the team was just kind of a bummer. Like, yeah, I didn't watch a minute of that Liverpool Wolves match last week. I, I caught some, you know, the highlights later, but um, yeah, so, uh, so th- that'll be a really fun match. And then on Sunday, we have uh, Man United Leicester and Spurs West Ham. So Spur- I feel like whenever there's a game week classic, you always get a Spurs match on Sunday. Spurs own that Sunday. Maybe because they're, they're often in the Europa League. I don't know. But they, they really own that that Sunday spot. So uh, and then West Ham are a little resurgent. So that could be kind of a fun match. And uh, Man United Leicester, well, that'll be fun too. I mean, I think that you could. Uh... Oh, okay. Here's, a, here's an opening question for you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. I actually have a few questions here, but I'm going to add a bonus one, which is Erlen Holland got a dead leg. You know, mm-hmm. we've all we've all been there. We've all been dead legged. Uh, he will probably play at midweek. Chance he doesn't start on uh, on Saturday, yeah. but they play Forest. So would you consider captaining Marcus Rashford at home to Leicester over Erlen Holland away to Nottingham Forest? God, it is a good question. I have to consider it. One must. I mean, Rashford's form, <clears throat> I mean, and this is coming from two podcasters who both triple captain Marcus Rashford in 23, so it's not like we're, we're non-believers. We believe in yep. what, what yep. we're seeing with their eyes. <clears throat> yeah. So, God. And, and, he, and Marcus Rashford owns Old Trafford right now. When they play at Old Trafford, he scores. Money. That's just the, the, yep. the form that he's in. Yep. Yeah, the rotation with City is a real fear. And yeah. um, <clears throat> I mean, Pep I, Pep is a fan of Alvarez. I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to to bench Holland to get him right ahead of the Champions League run that they'll hope to go on. Yeah. God, yeah. I'm I, doing it, Brennan. As we're talking here, I, I have just done it. I have made Marcus Rashford my Game Week 24 captain on my bus team. So, uh, and I, it's a, it's a, wait, bit let, of let a me gamble, join you. I let think. me join you. Okay. Uh, let's do it. We're okay, doing, yeah. we're doing it together. going to uh, pick team. Yeah. I, I currently I have a, Harry Kane is my vice captain. You know what? I'm going to keep the vice on Harry Kane. And so yeah, Holland gets that's, nothing. That's, that's really the thing is if you're not going to, if you're, if you're not going to captain him, there's an assumption that there's a good chance he's not going to start the match. Right. Or maybe not play at all. I mean, the thing is, yeah, we look very, it looks more courageous now than it will this weekend when he plays zero minutes and everybody just ends up with Rashford captain anyway. Or more but, courageous uh, now yeah. when uh, come come the deadline, we have both captained Erling Holland. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that if he but if he comes out and plays 90 minutes uh, against Arsenal, I think there really is a good chance that he doesn't play. Um, they don't uh, they don't they don't have their Champions League doesn't start until the following week. So it's it's not as crucial for them to to rotate on. On Saturday, but again, it's a it's it's Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. So this will be the third match in a week, and they already just took a Holland off at forty five minutes for fatigue or dead leg, whatever, whatever the the whatever the real issue. Cowardice is. in a so, penalty situation. Cowardice in a penalty situation. Uh, yeah, they took him off to to recover, to you know, restore his ego or something. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, he doesn't seem like a man who suffers from from ego problems, yeah, Brandon. But you know, it's, who knows? We've all we all we all have the, the long, dark tea time of the soul, you know? especially I mean, in February. That's happening. That's especially in February. That's right. So, um, so I think that uh, okay. So we've just done our, our move, and I think that um, I feel pretty good about that, honestly. Uh, so and and Forest have played reasonably well too recently. They're not the pushovers. I thought they played. Well, they had that. Okay, here's here's where I'm going to get scared again. I'm not Captain Holland because Forrest subbed two of their center backs ten minutes into the last match, which is a little worrisome. They got throttled by Fulham. Fulham were uh, just electric yeah. at the cottage, yeah, but um, more. you can't really deny like uh, on the aggregate, Forrest's form since the World Cup break has been yeah. good. Anybody yes. comes up against Fulham, though, they're going to get that kind of treatment. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and yeah, Mitra really had a great chance. And I just, it's so frustrating. I thought he, thought he played okay in the match, but just, I, I've got nothing from him. Yeah, absolutely nothing from him since Horrible the luck. And, horrible luck. Yeah. Game. Just nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And so uh, he's, I mean, one of the reasons I'm, I'm looking at Darwin for, for 25 is, is honestly just to get him out of Mitra out of my team. I, I it's just, <laughs> yeah. I just don't, I mean, like, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to start him in game week 24. Like, it's just, you know, it's, a, it's, it's really um, a frustrating situation. So, um, anyway, so let's, so that's game week 24. Um, you know, a couple of notes uh, as we go through this, and we've got a couple of questions as well. Um, the Champions, we, uh, the Champions League begins the following week uh, after game week 24 for Chelsea and Spurs. So, if you were, considering uh maybe bringing in um a, a Chelsea player it you know you have to give yourself a little bit of a little bit of pause there because i think that there's there's a chance we we could see a little bit of um rotation i'm not sure anyone was really considering because of all the doubles and all that stuff but it's it's just something to keep in mind um that we could see a slightly rotated Chelsea squad for that match and uh and spurs i mean i don't know is anyone really after that Leicester match is anyone really Looking at anybody outside of Kane, not it's, really. It's just think. Kane. It looks like Bentoncore is going to be sidelined, and he's been a secret, a secret force yeah. in their midfield when he's fit. I think yeah. that's a pretty big loss for them. Yeah. So, you know, Spurs yeah. are probably going to lose some wind. I feel like there's going to be some tension with Conte and the squad yeah. after that match too. That yeah. Leicester one. So, but just just something to note. And then uh, the next week is when the Champions League matches will take place for. Um, uh, for Liverpool and Man City, it's kind of funny to think of Liverpool just because they've had such a rough season. But they're they're still they could still win the Champions League. Why in not? Derry. I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah. Why not? So um, the other question I had, we sort of talked about this with Holland a minute ago, but is game week twenty four something of a trap game week for Arsenal and Man City um, assets? Uh, Arsenal are away to Villa. Man City, as we noted, um, are away to Forest. But again, in both cases, they have a really tricky midweek match, a really important match for, for both squads. And could we see both squads rotate a little bit uh, on Saturday? I don't know. It feels a little more likely for, for Man City because uh, they have a little more depth. For Arsenal, I mean, away to Villa, I, how much could you really rotate there? It feels a little risky to me, um, but we'll see. Yeah, and uh, Arsenal just like they're all in on this league title chase they don't have the, yeah. you know if depending on how far they go in the europa league maybe they'll want to start stronger and stronger lineups the farther they go in maybe. that competition but yeah. um villa is ain't no walk in the park josh and unai yeah. emery uh arsenal will want to give him a little taste of what he's been missing from his his days there at the emirates now i don't i don't think it's as much a trap for Arsenal, and if Arsenal do say drop points or lose to Manchester City, it's just like every Premier League match is going to be hugely important for them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think that they're um, so. So we'll, I, I, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think that we could see uh, if, like, if, if Martinelli starts at midweek, that probably makes it. I think eventually Trosser will get a start just just mm-hmm. to get some minutes. So if Martinelli does get another start, maybe or vice versa, if, if Trosser throws a midweek, you'd probably see Martinelli back there again. Because um, I, I I don't think that Pep wants or I mean that that Arteta wants to be in a spot where Martinelli's confidence is really dipping down the stretch. I think that he's still very much um, first choice. I mean, they just gave him a big contract extension, and um, so yeah, and I, I, I don't I don't know that I will see him drop, but um, yeah, I think that with with City. I mean, we're seeing Pep rotate even in important matches away to Spurs, right? So it's like, I have, who knows what? I mean, it, it's just really tricky right now, right? It, with with all of the Man City assets, it's really. I, I just, I think we're kind of back where we were at the start of the season, which is Holland and nobody else. That's really yeah. that's really where I am. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm not interested. This team is just they're just not playing well enough. Yeah, Mares is you know our blind spot. Mares is kind of intriguing now in that he is one of the more stable ones. But more importantly for Mares, he just gets points. Okay, so if Mares yeah. misses one or two starts, at least when he does start, he's very likely to get points. But yeah, um, yeah you know, is he going to take the place of Marcus Rashford or uh, two Arsenal mids? That's a that's the harder decision. Not right now. Yeah. Maybe maybe. In- Five weeks or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
in terms of transfer plans, what is your thinking right now in, in 24? Are you planning to hold, move? What, what's your, where are you with your, with your moves? I think I'm a hold because I, I just want to see. I, I have a very solid starting 11 for the, the fixtures, and I want to see how everything sort of transpires with fitness, injuries, and rotation for that all-important game week 25. So to have two frees yeah. going into 25 when you can play doubles, avoid blanks, I feel like that's going to be much more useful than whatever thing I could try to do. I mean, the um, uh, the, the Brighton full Brighton is really the most intriguing team to me. They have the two players I probably covet most at the moment, and Estupanon and Matoma. But given the yeah. Brighton blank in twenty five, I don't think this Fulham fixture is juicy enough for Brighton yeah. that I that you know I feel like I have to get these players at all costs. So yeah. uh, given that, there's I nobody I especially want. There are a couple of players that I would sort of like ungratefully want to get rid of, like De Bruyne would want to offload him. But, you know, they've got Forrest and Bournemouth. So it's all just petty things. There's just petty yeah. locker room drama in my fantasy squad right now. Nothing serious. I think if Everton looked really good tomorrow um, in, in, in the Merseyside Derby, maybe you could look at an Everton defender at home to Leeds. Leeds are kind of... And a little bit of a tr- tricky spot right now. I mean, they, they played a competitive match, but it just, uh, I, they really probably, a draw would have been a deserving result um, for them there. I mean, Mignon had a little too much, you know, quality um, at the end. But uh, so, I, but I, I, certainly I would think that Everton hosting Leeds, I think there's a reasonable chance of a clean sheet there. So that, that is maybe maybe something to target. But yeah, uh, I, yeah, I'm in the same spot. I would like to move KDB on uh, for Salah. Uh, I mean, not that I'm feeling hugely enthusiastic about Salah like like everybody else, but and especially because I think KDB could also be rotated for that Forest match. I just, you know, you can overthink the rotation stuff. Uh, usually, I just I think the the right strategy is just to hold those players that you like. If if it was a really tough match for Man City, well, if it was if it was a tough match, I'd almost be less worried because then I would expect him to start. Um, the fact that it's an easy match is you're sort of in a tricky spot. Where you're like, well, what I'm gonna I'm gonna drop. KDB uh, before they play, not you know, Forest. Like mm-hmm. that seems foolish if he actually starts that match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and if he doesn't, and he comes on in the seventy eighth minute and plays for twelve minutes, you're like, why didn't I just move early on um, on, on Mosala? But thankfully, in some ways, the decision is made easier for me because Newcastle hosts Liverpool. That does not feel like the match to go early on your Liverpool assets. It just like that is one of the harder places to play this season, mm-hmm. and so. Um, and then we get kind of one more week to kind of see how they look, right? I mean, if Darwin yeah. and if, if if Darwin and, and Salah are just terrible in that week, then I really am going to rethink my myself. I'm not just going to kind of do what I did in 23, which is just completely ignore form and just and just bring in the the most expensive players <laughs> because they have a historical track record. I I don't want to be caught making that same mistake twice. You know, I want to, I want to really evaluate my own blind spots when it comes to, to my, the double game. And maybe there's someone in Everton who looks awesome the next two weeks, right? Some, you know, McNeil got the assist a couple weeks ago. Maybe there's somebody who's like unleashed as a result, or maybe Dominic Calvert-Lewin is, gets a clean bill of health and he's like, you know, absolutely ready to go for game week 25. I I would Mm -hmm. consider him as well. So, um, it does feel, so I guess I'm just kind of, it's like a long way of agreeing with you that I think it's, it's a good week to evaluate and a good week to sort of, um, hold that transfer if you can, as long as you have no, you know, major issues that, that crop up injury wise. It is so true. Dominic Calvert-Lewin is kind of the most important fantasy asset for the next couple of weeks because, that third striker spot is probably our most flexible one. Flexible insofar as you've probably got a third striker who you could take or leave. Uh, a lot yeah. of us are kind of wedded to, even if you're playing a 3-5-2, if you've got five midfielders, you're probably married to to all five of them. They all sort of serve yeah. their purpose from Andreas Pereira to uh, to Saka. They're, they all have their little place. So like, is if, if Gray for Everton... Hits, hits some red-hot form and starts playing more, who am I going to drop for him? So Calvert-Lewin just has that opportunity. Yeah, the, yeah, a, a Mitchell and a Lewin move would be kind of fun. I mean, if Lewin is healthy enough to start... Um, if Lewin is healthy enough to start tomorrow, which I, I, I think I, he's definitely a doubt for that match, or he's healthy enough to start this weekend, an early 
move to bring in, um, to turn Mitro into Lewin wouldn't be a terrible move. I think you can make a strong argument for I that. I love this new um, uh, and, de- dubbing him Lewin. Like going I don't know. Inside I don't know why I was Calvert doing Lewin. that. Yeah, this is like this is like when I call Wilfred Zaha Will. It's like I, uh, it's like I American I Americanize these guys. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> all right. Couple questions. Uh, two to be specific. Al Fatboy says we wanted to, we wanted to focus more on details than than questions in this. Mm. This is not a mailbag episode of the podcast, Bram. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got two, for, and we opened up the mailbag and selected two letters from the from the mailbag. Al uh, Fatboy says, "Am I the only one keen to have Salah for the double, just for the make fantasy fun again element? If he scores tomorrow, then I'm definitely doing it." Mm-hmm. Fair, I I think the the only pushback I'll give is that doesn't sound super fun to me at the moment to have yeah. Salah. What sounds fun is, yeah, bringing in a doubler who's going to score loads of points. I mean, uh, it's it just, I, I, I'm going to have to need to see a little bit more. There's something about Darwin, and maybe there are two or three different camps with Darwin at the moment. Like, there's a camp that are just Darwin haters because they don't think he's good enough and he might not be good enough. Mm-hmm. Then there's the camp yep. who just believe fully in Darwin still uh, and and want to believe. And then there is the third camp that is like, well, Darwin's kind of a fun player. He seems like the guy to me uh, because he just seems a little bit more fun and a little bit more high energy than Salah at the moment and a little bit more direct. I mean, Salah is, yeah. is nothing but direct, but when you've got two or three defenders on him, he's pretty useless. So I, I don't know. I, I feel it's, like Darwin is the fun move for me at the moment. Yeah. Just, it, it was catastrophic for Liverpool this year, right? Having, uh, losing, losing Sadio Mane and then losing Diaz and Jota. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that. Basically there were th- three partners for, for Salah all, all, all gone. And then you have Darwin, who's just not really he's kind of doing his own thing out there, you know, just sort of right. out there. They just roll the ball out with him, you know, but it's like, it doesn't quite work with the, with the link up. with. So Salah. Jota is back in training, uh, I right. believe. And so if you, if you go to the Ben Dinnery injury guru site, the, the last right. press conference quote is Diogo is the closest to returning. He yeah. trains now normal already for two days. This is from February 10th. So another three days of training is possible for him. So he could be in contention even for the Merseyside Derby. And yeah, he, he could be an interesting, fun pick, too. Yeah. And I mean, I, the thing is, if we get Jota back and uh, Van Dyke is back and they play well tomorrow and they play well against against Newcastle, then, yeah, we're all... We're all going to be rushing to bring in a couple of their players. I am still, I need to see Darwin play well at least once. Like I need to see one, one good match before I'm, I'm throwing 9 million at this guy again. And I just, I, I get the XG stuff and people are just really, I, and I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with kind of worshiping at the XG shrine, but it's, it, I don't know. It's just hard to watch these matches and feel like, oh, this guy's just about to like, pull himself together enough to be this like kind of consistent fantasy you know asset that you want so um all right so uh jimmy uh speaking of uh fpl review sites and uh uh which i'm a big fan of we we like we've done plenty of free advertising for the sites that we that we enjoy on here but um jimmy uh rogdog town says all of the suggested moves in fpl uh, review for me are to move trippier on for pinnock or tarkowski says do you see a chance now to move on from the template picks from the first half of the season with Arsenal and Newcastle seemingly struggling now. So is there any worry now about, about Arsenal and Newcastle now that we've sort of, um, I don't know, like Arsenal dropped five points from six Newcastle. Um, I've dropped, I don't know, four from mm-hmm. they, they picked up two points from, from, you know, out of possible six in the last two matches, not, not massive dips, but are we, are we starting to see a little bit of like a coming down to coming back to earth for these squads? <laughs> Possibly. If the, if there is a moment in the season to try this gambit and dropping template picks like Trippier, I guess now is the time because we are not, yeah. relatively speaking, that far away from another wild yeah. card. So those yeah. of you who have still have held on to your second half of the season wild card, that's kind of your, your get out of jail card if it, if it turns out that actually you need Trippier back. And yeah. the scary thing about dropping Trippier is is you'll be asked to buy him back 
for like yeah, a million more than see. when you initially bought him. Yeah, he's at he's at six point one right now. I wonder. I don't. I didn't buy him at five. Uh, maybe I did. Yeah, no, I mean, it was fairly low. He's at, um, my selling value is 5.7, right? So if I sold him and then brought him back, I don't think he's going to fall that far, right? I'd be basically taking nearly, nearly half a million uh, blown um, to, to to target a bottom half of the table defender for a double game week. It doesn't sound advisable to me, but, um, but tri- you know, tri- I don't know. Trippier's blown two clean sheets. I mean, not Trippier personally, but uh, he basically saved Newcastle from losing 2-1 to Bournemouth on Saturday. That goal line clearance. Quite a clearance, yeah. But after their run of clean sheets, they've only conceded two goals, one to West Ham and one to Bournemouth. So it's not like this defense is just uh, totally fractured and and broken now. The goals they've conceded have just been, I don't know, you know, Goals that you wouldn't really complain about, uh, I, I guess. Teams are going to concede goals. Yeah, one goal happen. in both matches. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the Arsenal question is a little bit different. And the only issue is, is you know, because they have this double in 25, it makes it really hard to to uh, strongly advocate for like a radical, you know, rethinking of, of, of Arsenal players. I think that once, once 25 is through, if this, if this kind of dip in form continues, Gabriel Jesus will be back eventually. They honestly should be like rushing him back at this point. Like I think that Enketia is, um, I wouldn't say he's like found out, but it, it doesn't feel like he's quite, you know, mm-hmm. in that like form that he was in. Um, he was absolutely blazing hot right the, after the restart. And um, it feels like he's a little, I don't know, he's just not quite connecting with everybody the way he was um, like a few weeks ago. Would you so, not say, too, yeah. comparing Newcastle and Arsenal, part of Newcastle's identity this season is their strength in defense, and Arsenal do not have defense, even though they've had great defensive performances. It's not really a strong core part of what I feel their identity is at the moment. They're a young, buccaneering team, and... The dip in Arsenal form is partly due to their probably mental fatigue and just like playing, uh, playing really hard all all season. I just I I think Newcastle have older, more experienced p- players, which tends to bode better for defense. So if I'm looking to ship off any defensive asset, it's going to be somebody like Saliba. Well, before yeah. I'd get rid of Trippier. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I I mean Trippier is as we've seen repeatedly, he can concede a goal and still and still finish on three mm-hmm. bonus points very very easily because he's just so involved in everything they do. So, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I've got Ben White who who feels like a, a an emerging problem that has to get solved um, fairly quickly, um, and so I, I, I the problems are. I don't want a wild card yet. I don't plan to do so. I'm going to try to grind it out over the next few weeks. But I see a lot of problems in my squad right now uh, with Martinelli and White and and Mitro. Uh, I mean, Bailey is not really doing anything there. You know, it's like there's just like a bunch of spots where I'm like, you know, KDB. I mean, it's like these are all transfers I'm going to have to make over the next few weeks to to to. Uh, set myself up for the the final 10 weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, I, it feels like the next few weeks are really going to be a grind. And, uh, but I, the, the cover of the one thing would be cool. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of talking myself into it, but of course, if he's not healthy, then it's sort of mm-hmm. pointless. And, and I'm just, I guess I'll probably just ride with Mitro for, for another week. And, uh, I don't know. I hope he does something. Maybe, maybe in the Brighton match, you could, you could see him like catching, Maybe there's like count, some counterattacking opportunities, and they've they've had a lot of the ball in some of the recent matches. And maybe that's not always the best for him. Like I thought, I thought he played pretty well in the Chelsea match, for example, uh, and that was um, that was you know he didn't get as many chances, and so they were sort of you know, like he, you know I don't know they weren't like Chelsea weren't setting up setting up deep necessarily when when they had the ball right because they were kind of catching on the break. So maybe that's the same case uh, against Brighton. Can't argue with that, my friend. Yeah, a grind. We are entering a grind portion of the season. It's kind of if we were faced in seasons past with like a successive series of doubles and blanks, this would be kind of uh, exciting. But have we become through COVID so used to this unpredictable fixture schedule that now this is kind of like no big deal? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, 
it does feel fine. It feels a little like it feels like a lot of work. And yeah. and I, I'm sort of looking forward to like a stretch where you just get to make one transfer and mm-hmm. you just look at the game week in front of you and you try to get the best player for it. And you don't mm-hmm. have to think about how it's going to affect the next three doubles and the next two blanks. You can just be like, yeah, I, I, I he has a good match. Like I'm, I, I want to bring him in. And I feel like right now I can't really do that. I have to sort of do all this kind of, and, and I, and I say that like, I mean, of course I don't have to, but, but you do have to, because if you, if you want to do, you continue to do well, then you, then you need to be doing long-term planning. And it's just not, um, it's, it's, you know, it's all like it all pays off and it's very satisfying when it as it starts to work. And the problem is you don't even necessarily realize it, that you've done all this work when it actually happens in real time because you've laid the groundwork yeah. several weeks before. And so it's like you have to kind of remember, right, all these th- good things are happening now with my overall rank because I did all of this planning a few weeks ago. And um, so anyway, uh, it's it's going to be a tricky, a tricky one. But Game Week 24 is a good time to stop and take your breath, um, t- take your breath, stop and Take a breath, take a breath, um, and uh, enjoy. I mean, that's Saturday alone, Brendan. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I cannot remember the last time we had six matches on at the same time. It's crazy. Yeah, goal rush is going to be a, a wild time. Epic. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it won't be because they they never they don't make it a wild time. Goal rush should be fixed. I want I want NBC to hire me just so I can run goal rush better than they do because yeah. you do not need to wait until the match like at the stop and play. It's so yeah. annoying. It's like just just cut in. It's fine. There's like mm-hmm. not a lot happening a lot of these times. You can show us the goals. The other measure split screen, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. That's your pod this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we're recording this early today, so good luck to the Chiefs. I'm rooting for the Chiefs, Mr. Bill Brandon, just mostly because I like Patrick Mahomes. I feel like he is a a grounded superstar, and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see what happens tonight with him. He's a, he's a little like Steph Curry. He's just sort of interestingly enough, actually, they're both sons of former athletes. Hmm. So uh, Del Curry and Steph Curry's case, and, and Pat Mahomes, who was a pitcher in the Major League Baseball pitcher in the '90s. So I don't know if that's some what kind a name, of Pat Mahomes. I love I that name. I don't know why. It just sounds right to me. Sound, it's a good name. I, it's mm-hmm. a great 90s baseball name. I, I totally agree. Um, so if you want to support the podcast and uh, talk to us in the Slack, and we'll do a, a Patreon uh, a bonus pod this week as well as, as we do every week during the season, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, discord, which I, I don't want to keep talking about because I talk about it a lot, but I really am enjoying um, the way it's developed and, and um, it's just, it's really active. And yeah. that's where we've been planning meetups. Uh, our friend uh, Aaron, who we met this weekend, we were, we have a New York city thread on there and we were talking about matches and he uh, popped in and joined us. So um, if you, you know, if you if you live in the area or you want to set up your own meetups for, for the UK, or, or we've got a lot of Northern Europeans on our Patreon supporters. Like a lot of them talk to each other in private channels as well. So, uh, don't lots forget of the Aussies, to, Josh. To connect. The Aussies and I are very uh, yeah, That's true. The Aussies too. That's that's right. So, um, yeah, thanks everyone for who supports the podcast. And Brandon, do you want to do a quick final thank you to our Patreon mm-hmm. producers? I didn't, I put you on the spot last time, but this time <laughs> I think I get you had enough warning. That, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Can. All right. Start. Let's see how quickly I can do this. Uh, start the timer. Producers: Mike DePetra, okay. Trevor Ingerson, I've already Chris Howell, to Big Gafford, Bob Escoon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, and Evan Rich Rich Evans. Well, oh, you really. It's tripped up my timing there, Rich. Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FBL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Volger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jacobs, The Saint. I hope you had a good time in NYC this weekend. Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul, Her- Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Roberto Morals, Thomas Tislav, uh, and I hope you win that cup, Thomas. And Noah and Louise, as always, rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social media. We're most active on Twitter, at Cheaters. For all this information and more, visit our website, alwayscheating.com. We should get the Micro Machine Man on this uh on this podcast one day and have him do those producer reads. I was just thinking about him recently. That that is that that, that is a truly dated reference, by the way. I, I wonder <laughs> if anyone under thirty five uh, has any idea who the micro machine man is. Uh, all right, thanks everyone for listening and good luck on Wednesday to everybody out there. I know everyone's got like five plus players, so good luck to everybody.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.